Welcome to the Gospel Clarity Podcast, where we explore how the story of Jesus changes everything. In order for the gospel to be central, it must be functional. I'm your host, Mark Smith. And my name is Andrew Arthur. Thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome, everyone, to Gospel Clarity Podcast, Episode 4. Andrew. Hey, Mark. We are back from Snowpocalypse. That's right. Snowpocalypse happened. It came. It saw it conquered. And we survived. And we survived. Everyone was snowed in. Everyone went sledding. But now everybody's feeling good. Yeah. What's crazy is that my kids were out of school for the snow days. Mm-hmm. And then this week is their winter break. <laughs> so this is, that happened to us too. <laughs> for two weeks, a little over two weeks, I feel like they've been in, at home. It's like summer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we had the same thing. Going a little stir crazy. Yep. We had, Gabe went to preschool one day and it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, okay, we had winter break next week. <laughs> right. So we just had been winter break. I, I think why it hit me is because I didn't know. Like I'm always late to to calendar things. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, okay. I didn't know it was winter break till I think maybe Sunday night getting ready to go to bed and I learned that Delaney didn't have school on Monday and I was quite surprised, taken aback and wondering what we were gonna do for the week. Yeah. If I was a more attentive father I would have something fun planned for our family during this week. <laughs> I had no I fun things planned, so I'm with you. So we can be unattentive fathers together. Although we did go see the Lego movie. The new Lego movie. Was it good? On Tuesday night. Oh, yeah? It was good. Yeah, it was good. Actually, how do I explain it? I like the message of this one better than the first one, but I thought the first one was funnier. Oh, okay. But Lego Batman beats them all. That's the best. Oh, Lego Batman? Okay. Well, good sir. I may disagree with you there. I love Lego Batman. You can love Lego Batman as much as you like, my friend. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what today, what we're going to be talking about... How can is... you not like Lego Batman? <laughs> it's got all the best characters show thought, up in that story. I thought story. it was, uh, I thought it was boring. Unbelievable. I thought that it wasn't, um, it didn't have the same charm that the first Lego movie had. And I think they're trying to figure out where they're going to go in the story, given that it's so random. It's such like a random In the Batman one? Story. No, no, not the Batman one. Um, in the Lego movies. Oh, gotcha. Batman was them just trying to, I think... Get tell some, a Batman story. Tell a Batman story, yeah. Mm-hmm. and But I didn't think it was as good. Okay. Even though it had all your classic characters from... Did you really like Robin? Who? Did Robin. <laughs> like, did you really like that character? You thought he I'm was... I'm not talking about him. He I'm, was... I'm talking about the characters from Harry Potter, from The Lord of the Rings, from... Uh, Various stories like that that showed up with villains and the bad guys. I thought that was fun. Oh, yeah. King Kong. Oh, yeah, that's right. King Kong's in it. Um, Okay. Well, let's move from that. Let's tell our listeners what we're going to be talking about today. We are going to be talking about prayer and -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. Prayer and community. Yeah. Andrew, let me ask you a quick, very broad question. Why should a Christian pray? (laughs) <laughs> Why should a Christian pray? Um, there are lot, lots of reasons why Christians should pray. First and foremost is to commune with God. Um, prayer is how we talk to our Heavenly Father as Jesus modeled for us and as Jesus 
uh, has given us the privilege to do. Uh, by faith in him, we now relate to God, not simply as our creator, but as our father, and we talk to him as such. And mm-hmm. so in prayer, we commune with the father. So I would say that's um, a chief reason why Christians pray. Okay. Do you see prayer as a spiritual discipline, or do you think of it as something kind of different? Do you think it's a, a um, separate from like those other spiritual disciplines? Mm-hmm. I, I like Jerry Bridges, the title of a book that he wrote called Disciplines of Grace. So when I think about spiritual disciplines, I'm thinking in those categories. That yeah. is disciplines of grace. I, I am too. Uh, I am means too. of grace. And I think prayer is, is a gift of grace that we should take advantage of. Uh, it, it's a remarkable thing to know that the creator of the universe who draws us into his family so that we can relate to him as father, he would bend his ear to us. Right. And he would hear us. And he would give us a way to connect with him. And uh, it's something we should... We should... Um, take advantage of yeah because we, we, we have opportunity to talk to God so why do you think it's hard for people to pray again very broad questions but mm. well I think one of, of the challenges of prayer is we pray without our Bibles uh, many Christians pray while their Bible is closed on their shelf or they pray they, they create time and space to pray that that is um, distant from the pages of scripture. And if prayer is to be communion, then there's a sense in which in prayer we want to talk to God, but we also have to give space and time for God to talk to us. And prayer is hard when we don't, in the sense that we oftentimes don't know what to pray or we kind of feel like we're saying the same things over and over again. And I think the reason why we kind of slide into those ruts, which makes prayer a little more less appealing, is because we don't have our Bibles open as we pray. If we're reading and praying through the scriptures, the scriptures will give us all types of things to pray and to talk to God about. Mm-hmm. How could we pray um, through the scriptures, though? Because I know some, I think that can be easier for some people and a little bit more challenging for others to open up their Bibles and to say, okay, I'm reading this passage. What, what do I pray for? Mm-hmm. I think it's easier when you're looking at books like the Psalms but when you're looking, um, let's say, how could you pray through maybe uh, a book that might be a bit more challenging to find? So let's say uh, a few months ago we studied through the book of Judges. If you're reading through the book of Judges, it's going to be hard for you to pray through the book of Judges. Really? Because you could pray in the opposite end of like, Lord, don't make me like that. Well, yeah, you could totally <laughs> I, do that. I think prayer's easier in Judges. <laughs> do you? Uh, well, I was thinking in terms of when, you, when you're reading through the book of Judges and you're looking at the human condition. Yeah. And you don't run from the heaviness of the fallen human condition that's, that's revealed in that book. Mm-hmm. Instead, you let that hit you and let it humble you in your prayer so that you're not standing in judgment over the people who are... Uh, sinning in that book. Instead, you're recognizing that as you're reading the scriptures, not only are you reading words that reveal who God is, but you're also reeling, revealing, you're reading words that reveal who we are as human beings. And so when you read about sinful humanity, or you see the sinfulness of humanity on display in a book like Judges, I think the way that that bleeds into your prayer life is that it um, is by you and I refusing to stand over those characters in judgment, becoming underneath them and saying, there, there are things in my heart that are a lot like that and having that humility and having that, uh, having time to, to examine ourselves, to see where there is sin in our lives and where there are, um, themes in our lives that are very similar to the themes that you see 
Instead, we want to allow the, uh, the recognition of our fallenness to show up in our prayer lives, which is why we confess sin in prayer, which is why we um, try to humble ourselves before God in prayer. And so even in the book of Judges, when you're reading something that, where the accent is largely negative uh, and it's dark, there's a way in which that can and should give shape to our prayer lives in the sense that it brings us into a, a better awareness of, of what we are like apart from Christ and what yeah. humanity is like outside of Christ. And so we uh, want to confess that. We want to let that hit on. We want to feel the emotions of that and then, um, and then run to Jesus, which is what we also what we do in prayer, thanking God for sending Jesus to deliver us from the fallen human predicament. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's um, any um, books or any genres in Scripture that are easier to pray through than others? Like, let's say we know that the the poetry mm-hmm. in the Psalms and um, and Book of Proverbs are really great mm-hmm. to pray through, mm-hmm. right? Because I think there's a lot of ease in us understanding. Um, seeing the connections really easy, mm-hmm. um, but others like, like you were saying, judges would be great. But there's the position of which you have to kind of see yourself in. Mm-hmm. Um, but would there be any other recommendations of books to be kind of working through and praying through? I think a, a fascinating approach is to read through the prayers that are writ- written in the New Testament. There are lots of prayers written out in the New Testament. Uh, Paul has written like 40-some-odd prayers in the 13 books that he wrote in the New Testament. Uh, so he just he packs Saturates it prayer, prayer. prayers into, mm-hmm. his, into the letters. And so I think um, taking some time to read and reflect upon what he's praying can give shape to what we pray and help us know uh, what types of things we should prioritize in prayer and how we should go about that means of grace. Mm-hmm. Good. So now let's take a communal approach to prayer. How should people pray together? And not just, not I'm asking how people should pray together, not why people should pray together. Maybe mm-hmm. we should ask the why first. Mm-hmm. Why should people pray together? Uh, I think people should pray together the same way my kids approach me together. Um, like, I love three kids. I'm their father. I love to hang out with all of them together. I love to have group conversations together. I love to listen to all of them work through things together as they're addressing me and talking to me. And I love to talk to them as my children, um, which is um, a beautiful thing, not just talking to my child, which um, I think is something we want to... uh, I think there's some beauty there that we need to recapture in the life of the church, is that um, where we come to God at the same time. And we talk to him together um, and he let him speak to us as his children. Whereas I think prayer predominantly in our, again, our hyper-individualistic culture and our hyper-individualistic approach to Christianity, uh, the me and Jesus mentality, I think there's that tendency for us to just think prayer is what I do by myself in my prayer closet. And I think that's where the vast majority of Christians pray. Now, I think there are good reasons why. I mean, obviously, I think we should pray that way. Um, but I don't think we should do that to the neglect of praying with other children, praying with other Christians, and going to God together. I think there's a plenty of examples of the church rallying together to pray and to seek God at the same time um, in the New Testament. Yeah. In the New Testament, where do you see it? Do you see it more in the homes, or do you see it um, as, a commu- as a church coming together? Mm-hmm. And are there differences in that? 
praying as a, with a group of friends together in your home mm-hmm. and the difference of that and praying in a church together? Um, I don't know if I see a difference in it. Others might. Um, I think just praying with other Christians and talking to God at the same time, uh, going to Him as children together is a remarkable thing. I think God revels in that. I think His heart delights in His children coming to Him together because that promote that 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 illustrates the unity that we have in Christ, that illustrates that we are in this thing together, that illustrates that Jesus is, is a shared Savior and that God is our shared Father. Yeah. And so we want to have family conversations. Right. And um, the, uh, the, the place in Scripture that stands out in my mind right now is Acts 2.42 that describes the rhythms of the first church in Jerusalem. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers that means there was a concerted effort in the life of the early church for them to pray together. And so when they would gather, whether it was in the synagogues or in the homes, they were praying because that's what they were devoted themselves that's what they had devoted themselves to. Yeah. And another reason why I think, you know, praying in community helps um, is that it helps us learn how to pray. Uh, it it uh, my prayer life is strengthened when I listen to other people pray. When I hear other people express their intimacy with God, when I hear them interceding for others, when I hear what they where they put the accent, when when I hear how fervently they pray, that informs my prayer life, and so um, which is why I think Jesus uh, was so willing to teach his disciples to pray when they said, "Hey Jesus, would you <laughs> teach us how to pray?" And he would proceed to say, "Well, when you pray, pray this way," and he would lay out what's called the Lord's Prayer for his disciples and to to teach them. And so I think we learn how to pray by praying with other people. Mm-hmm. So now we ask the why we should pray. How should we pray together? Sure. Yeah, I, I certainly don't think prayer needs to be regulated in a way. I mean, obviously, when Jesus laid out the Lord's Prayer, he wasn't giving the disciples a a um, words to parrot back to God the Father when they go to him in prayer. But he was giving them a paradigm that would flesh itself out in ways that would um, be uh, that would ignite the intimacy of the disciples when they would pray to their Heavenly Father through the various concerns that Jesus would lay out. Uh, concerns mm-hmm. for His kingdom, concerns for God's provision, you know, need for God's power, you know, praying for God's help and relationships. All those dynamics are things that we pray for regularly, but we talk to God naturally. We address Him the way my kids would address me in the context of our relationship and in the context of that familiarity. Delaney is going to talk to me like Delaney. Asher is going to talk to me like Asher. Uh, Adeline is going to talk to me like Adeline. I don't expect Asher to try to sound like Adeline when they approach me because that would rupture the the intimacy and the union and the dynamic relationship that I share with Asher and that Asher shares with me. And I think one of the things that, that one of the ways in which I think our prayer lives may be unhealthy is that we feel the pressure to pray like, even, even, although I said a moment ago that we learn how to pray by listening to others pray. That doesn't mean necessarily that we try to co-opt their voice in our own prayer lives, mm. um, because then we're just living vicariously through another disciple's intimacy with God, whereas we need to cultivate our own intimacy with God, our own familiarity with God, so that when we're talking to Him, we're talking to Him in the voice that He's given us. We're talking to Him in the in in and through the personality that He has given us, and as as His children. And so uh, when we pray together. And how we pray together, I think that's an important dynamic, is that we want to pray together um, as each other, if that makes sense. Like, if you and I were to pray together, Mark, you would pray as Mark. 
<laughs> and I would pray as Andrew and together in and through the personalities that God has given us in and through the the familiarity that we have with God in our in the context of our intimate relationship with God that should come out even as we pray together um, so there should be no um, parroting one another's voice in when we pray together <laughs>